You are listening to Overtired, America's favorite Taylor Swift podcast with Christina Warren and Brett Terpstra. What's up, Brett? Not much. How are you, Christina? Uh, I'm good. And uh, for anybody who this is your first time listening, we are not a Taylor Swift podcast. Um, we are an InfoSec Taylor Swift podcast. I, I, I don't know. We're a gadget podcast, I We're guess. We're a gadget podcast. We're a media podcast. <laughs> We're who media. cares? Thank you. We are a media podcast. We should be like in, in, in TV and, and, and um, movies and not in the gadget section because we really don't talk about gadgets that much. We, we we actually have a couple gadgets on the list today, though. I was going to say, today is actually, like, we're saying this, and then we're actually, like, not. We can earn um, our gadget keep. Oh, my God. We can earn our gadget keep. This is good. So, um, it's been a couple weeks, Brett. How have you been? <laughs> oh, uh, horrible. Uh, uh, life yeah. is bad. Life is bad. So, I mean, this 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 is uh, the, the part of the show um, known as um, Brett's mental health update. So, Brett, <laughs> update us on your mental health. Turns out, well, butrin causes depression for me. That's fun. And I didn't stop vape, vaping. I right. thought maybe it would reduce like my cravings for nicotine because that's yeah. what it was. Designed because that's to what do. it's supposed to be for. Right. It's supposed to be used for that. And then they it's like a side effect. It's an antidepressant. It did. I had probably one of my worst like experiences with antidepressants was with Wellbutrin. Yeah. Um, it like made me like it, it, it worked really well at first. And then yeah. it just like so that, See, that's what got me. Is I had been on it for a week when I went to see for a med check, and I was actually thinking this could work because it, it was things were improving. And then shortly after the med check, when they doubled my dosage and everything, it just it started having reverse effect and grew steadily worse and left me laying on a couch vaping, <laughs> <laughs> depressed and smoking. So that seems um, counterintuitive for the med. So uh, that's where I'm at. I'm super sorry to hear that. I'm sorry, buddy. That mm. sucks. But I did manage to get a new major update to Marked Out. That's great. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So let's talk about Marked 2.0. 2.5. 2.5. 2. 2.5. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's kind of a half milestone. It adds um, It has a lot of new stuff. It's almost like a spell check is very cool. We have There's an in-app purchase now. So not only can it do... Um, readability scores, fog index, things like that show you overused phrases and uh, misused phrases. Now it can also do your spelling and grammar check all in one place, which is it was like a point of frustration for me to have all those writing tools and then have to go back to my editor to spell check. So now it does it. It was hard, but I got it. No, I, I like that. Um, and I, I meant to tell you, I really like the new... Th- the, the setup screen stuff. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I uh, I decided to make uh, configuration only take three clicks instead of eight pages of settings. So yeah, that's an I mean, improvement. But I like that you can still you know uh, you know change stuff if you want to. Because for instance, I actually do like to have like code highlight syntax highlighting, but that's just because I frequently have other types of code blocks like inserted in my text. Yeah. But by and large, like it's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still completely customizable. Completely, which is what's so nice. But simplifies for people who are first opening it and expecting it to do one thing and it's set up to do something else, but it can do what they want. Then I think that was like the major point of confusion for new people 
was they thought it would be able to do this. When they opened their document, it didn't do it. And then they had to ask me how to do it. And I thought, huh, I should probably make that easier. So I did. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that it was, uh, I kind of just forced myself to put it out. Um, despite feeling like I maybe didn't want to do anything that day, but that worked out. All right. Well, I'm glad that, that that's what you decided to go for. Also, um, I like how the, um, whatchamacallit, um, in-app purchase thing works, how you were able to get that to work with, uh, with paddle as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a uh, parody between app store and uh, direct customers. So you can, for the same price, get an in-app purchase. And there's a few paddle has some, a few issues to work out with the IAPs. Um, I, I'm shocked that they even have an IAP to period, to be honest. Yeah. Like, that's really super nice. They, they actually have been adding paddles, been expanding their system quite a bit catching up with and overtaking fast spring in some areas, uh, analytics for both app store and direct apps and things like that. Happiness. What do they call it? Happiness analytics. Like it, it like allows you to pop up and say, uh, similar to what the app store apps will tend to do where they're like, come rate us or are you enjoying this app? And you just click yes or no, or don't ask me again. They can do that. And eh, good stuff. They still need crash reporting. It's coming, but anyway. Anyway, so the other thing that has, like, depression makes me watch a lot of TV and movies, but for some reason, cooking has become a thing that I use to distract myself from things I should be doing. Right. And I have gotten really, really good at cooking. That's great. I'm really bad at cooking, so I'm very interested in hearing you talk about it. Oh, man. Like, I just, every day, like, it started with pasta. Did we talk about the pasta yet? We haven't. I I decided, I enjoy pasta, and Italian is, like, the one thing I've always been pretty good at cooking, and not just, like, college kid, I can boil noodles things. Like, I'm good at all kinds of Italian recipes. But I decided I should make my own pasta if I'm actually going to be good at Italian. So I learned how to make pasta. I bought a pasta ma- uh, pasta maker and a drying rack and figured out, you know, I, I learned how to do like the the old uh, old style where you like pile up a mountain of flour and dig a hole and then whisk the eggs in the middle of it right on the counter. And I got good at it. And I made a pasta and I made uh, uh, um, butternut squash pear ravioli using ingredients from the farmer's market and the pears from my own backyard and I served it to a few friends and it was a blast. Super good. And then when Aditi got home, I did all this while Aditi was on a trip uh, because I wanted to be good at it before she got home and I knew I was going to make a mess. So, um, but she, when she, the night she got home from her last uh, ASPCA deployment, she got a uh, homemade linguine Alfredo dinner with pear juice instead of wine but it paired really well. Oh, bad pun. Sorry. But yeah. So that then moved on to like, I've been working with Mexican and Chinese and even some like more American type recipes. I can make a wicked good black bean burger, but I, okay. So my crowning achievement, and then I'll let you talk for a second was I made fried avocado, um, uh, burritos. And they're like breaded fried slices of avocado in uh, uh, um, Greek yogurt and 
Chipotle base and served hot under a homemade salsa. And it was the best thing I've ever made. That's awesome. Yeah. So what do you cook? I order. I should set up a food truck. You should. Because I order. That's basically <laughs> all I do. Yeah. If if I had more options for ordering in my small town, I might not have gotten this into cooking. But for us, like the farmer's market is the most accessible source of food. So it becomes kind of, if you want good food here, you buy good ingredients and you make it yourself. We have to drive. Uh, the best restaurant on my list right now is 45 minutes away. And they obviously won't deliver to me. So cooking is necessity. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I like seamless a lot. You like what? Seamless, which is uh, just a, the food ordering service. Oh, I use uh, Eat 21, Eat 24, Eat 24. Last time I was in San Francisco, I found an app called Eat 24 and it let you uh, pick items from different vendors menus and they would go pick them all up and deliver them to your hotel room. Is that what Seamless does? Yeah, basically. Yeah, that is uh, that is something that should have existed for a long time, and I'm extremely happy that it does. What was it, like Uber for fast food? Yeah. <laughs> Uber for everything. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, Uber's in trouble again, aren't they? I don't even know. They're always in trouble. Yeah, I feel like... The the whole the idea of the the sharing economy seems to be collapsing on itself, but that's my my perspective from reading uh, like Fast Times articles and not necessarily from living in any areas that have Airbnb and Uber and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Uber is not really the sharing economy because it's like it's just kind of replacing taxis and making them better, better but less um, accountable in some cases. In some cases, yes. Although in some cases, they're as accountable. Like, I don't know. I, I, I've had taxi drivers be freaking weird. Oh, yeah. Before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and and yeah, you can call the the number on the back, but it's like, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I got a I got in a car accident in an Uber um, last week. Oh, wow. I guess now technically two weeks ago. It wasn't bad. It was a rear end. We were rear ended. But I got whiplash and, uh, you know, I mean, filed the incident report. Um, it was $30 copay. I don't even care enough about that. Uber would have paid, but like, I don't care. But I was really more mad that because of that, I couldn't have lunch with Mark Paul Gosler, Zach and Save by the Bell. <laughs> and that basically like, like that just, you know, kind of killed me. Sure. I understand that uh, things like that are definitely more important than physical health. Um, it, frankly, I mean, you, you joke, but. I, I very much considered it. it th you know what actually happened? This is how bad. Like I was so like shaken from the whole incident. My uh, my work wife Samantha asked me an Apple question and I couldn't answer it. <laughs> and she was like, "We're going to the doctor." She was like, "I'm walking with you right now to the immediate." You're clearly place. concussed. She was like, "You're clear. Something is clearly not okay." <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear about that accident, but I have to say that I've always felt safer. Even my scariest Uber rides have always felt safer than most of my taxi rides in my life. <laughs> I have had some very, very insane cab drivers. I have yes. never had an insane Uber driver. No, I agree. And the thing is, is that it wasn't the Uber driver's fault at all. Yeah. It was some, some chick behind us who just like completely like... um 
Yeah. Does New York have no fault insurance? I don't know. Because where I live, if you get rear-ended, completely just sitting at a stoplight, someone rear-ends you, you're still, I think, 20% responsible. Because you were there. <laughs> Everyone's always at fault for something, so they call it no-fault insurance. Gotcha. Yeah, no, they... um. It, it, it's it's certainly not one of those things um, where um, I, I mean I'm not sure like in this case I know I mean they might have that but I think that they have you, I don't know you all don't I know drive a that, car so you don't I don't really drive a car attention. so I don't know all I know is that the Uber guy like he clearly had like the best insurance thing he was calling his Uber thing like he was you know what I mean like it was it was not one of, like he, he had a plan he had a plan and he never happened to him before what what sucked though was that he got hit and then he hit the woman in front of us oh. Oh, that does suck. So it was just like a crappy situation. And, you know, thank goodness I was wearing a seatbelt because if I wasn't wearing a seatbelt, I would have been like, it would have been even worse because I had whiplash as it was and we weren't going that fast, but it was just, it was a really hard hit. Yeah. It would have and, to be um, to, to leverage you into the car in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, and, and messed up the back of that car pretty good. And so it was just one of those things where I was like, okay, um, you know, if I hadn't had a seatbelt on, it would have been bad because I would have been like straight up like I probably would have broken my nose. So kids wear your seatbelts. Yeah. No. Well, the thing is, is that I I always wear a seatbelt in an Uber because it's like a regular car. But if I'm being honest, I don't always wear them in, wear them in cabs because a sometimes they don't work. A lot of times they don't work. B, you know, just the whole rear thing is just different. And so I can only imagine if this has happened in a cab. I mean, yeah. crap. I don't know why. Maybe it's because there's that like glass shield between front and back seat in most cabs. But when I, the only time I've ever put a seatbelt on in a cab is from the airport in San Francisco into town because they usually I'm in a, like a little SUV kind of thing mm -hmm. and it feels like a regular car. So I'm like, Oh yeah, put my seatbelt on. But usually like in a New York cab, I, I just like, I consciously not put a seatbelt on because for some reason I feel <laughs> safe, protected. I don't right. know. I see that medallion and I'm like, oh, can't get in trouble here. Yeah. So anyway, that was for a, that was uh, that was a cooking conversation that turned into an Uber discussion. Yeah, I like it. That was fun. Um, so I heard that the, um, Halloween is coming up. I think so. Yeah. Have Do you have uh, do you have plans? Do you do anything for Halloween? Um, well, we I don't think we're going to go anywhere, but like work always has a thing and like a costume contest and stuff. And I usually dress up. I didn't dress up last year. It was the first time I think since I've been in the New York office that I didn't dress up. But um, I think I'm going to go as Netflix and chill this year, which basically <laughs> just means I'm going to wear like my Saturday sex clothes. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, I, I would, think that's what I'm going to do. I would like I, I, I don't want to sound creepy, but I would like to see pictures of what Saturday sex clothes look like. Basically pajamas. Okay. I mean, it's like, it's like a very like, I mean, cause a lot of people are going to be doing like Netflix and chill costumes where they have like a t-shirt that says Netflix and another one that says chill. And I'm like, no, let's let, let, let me dress up what it's really like when I Netflix and chill. <laughs> um, cause I think that's actually funnier. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I was thinking of dressing up as a normal person. <laughs> that was my wife's idea, but, oh, that's good. but I've actually decided to give out candy this year. I've never, I don't think I've done it before, uh, since moving out of, you know, like home, right? childhood home. But, um, but my wife's out of town for Halloween this year. 
And for some reason, I feel like being part of the neighborhood. So I'm going to turn my lights on. I'm building um, a little motion-activated light show, and I got a talking valley girl skull that says <laughs> very uh, it says like ditzy things when you walk up to it, and um, and I'm going to wear a sugar skull mask and hand out candy. I bought like fifteen dollars worth of candy. Dude. Yeah. And I can't eat it. I have to give it away. Yeah. So we, I, I mean, because we live in an apartment building and A, I don't think that a lot of kids would want to traipse up like three flights of stairs and lock <laughs> on two, you know what I'm saying? We're in, 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 in how our building works is it, it's two units on each floor. So yeah. it's like, you know, so it's like eight units in the place. So that is we a don't really cost have benefit ratio for tr- trick or treating. It basically is. And, and also, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a, you know, locked building. So like, it'd be a weird thing, like to literally like get buzzed. Like that would be, that would be annoying. I have to say that would be hilarious if the kids like buzzed on each thing. It was like, check or treat is like, buzz them in, walk up your flights of stairs. Here's your candy, go away. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like each yeah. time you've got to literally get up like that's, that's too much work. So we don't do that. But, uh, I, I, I do kind of miss being able to do the, the, the passing out candy stuff. Cause that's, that's always fun. It's always great to see kids' costumes. Yeah, see, I live at the end of a cul-de-sac in a, a neighborhood that's kid-friendly, but my cul-de-sac is mostly older retirees. Um, and so uh, most years, our entire cul-de-sac is dark on Halloween. So I'm going to ruin it and bring all the kids down to our end. And then they they tend to not recognize the fact that people's lights are off. Like, you're only supposed to go trick-or-treating at the houses that have the lights on. But some years, kids will just ring the bell anyway just to check. So I'm going to ruin it. My whole cul-de-sac is going to be upset because I brought them all down. And they're like the walking dead. Once you attract them, they just like they start like swarming on everything. So that's my plan. Cool. I have been watching a lot of Walking Dead. I'm almost completely caught up at this point. I was going to say, um, how far are you? I didn't love last season, but this season I'm liking so much so far. I, I have loved every single season and for different reasons, but the writing has been impeccable and the, the videography, the filmography, the shots and the composition by the time you get to season five, yeah, like it, it doubles in quality. It was great to start with, but then all of a sudden you start seeing that every scene has these epic shots that are like their art art school quality shots you know um with like balance of flames and dark and and like noir effects and colors and things that i can really appreciate as someone who appreciates the art behind making it but it doesn't detract in any way it only amplifies the storyline and the storyline sometimes gets a little tedious but it's always worth it in the end and my wife asked me today, we were driving and she's like, if I ever got the chance to make out with, I can't remember the actor who plays Daryl Dixon, his name, but she says, mm-hmm. if I ever got, had the chance to make out with him, would you mind? It's <laughs> <was> like, no, <laughs> you're like, no, I totally understand. <laughs> Absolutely. That's amazing. Go for it. Cause that his character, like the worst thing that could happen to that show, the thing that would upset more people than anything else would be for his character to die. Tell me he doesn't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he does. Okay, he can't. He can't. He is the show, as far as I'm concerned. Rick is a uh, 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 always on the line of being useful, <laughs> but Daryl is always. Oh my god, 
Yeah, I would make out with Daryl. <laughs> I don't think there's any question. I would. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think that there should be any question. I think that that's just. I think that. that yeah. I mean. Well, I mean, and and you go back and you watch like, um, uh, uh, Boondock Saints. Yeah. And yeah, he's the guy's great. Always great. Anyway, okay, enough of that. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, so Magic Keyboard and the Magic Trackpad came out. Yes, they did. And you don't like the keyboard, but you like the trackpad. Okay, let's put it this way. I have more complaints about the keyboard than I have about the trackpad. Okay. The track I like both. Do you? Because the I trackpad do, but- is so sensitive. Like it, if you let your finger rest on it, you click. And that's kind of taking some getting used to, but it is something I can get used to. But on the keyboard, the the key travel distance is enough to require some serious muscle training for me. And the thing that's killing me is the arrow key cluster. I don't know yeah. how anyone can use that. And I've realized just this week that I no longer have feeling in my fingertips and my right hand. Gotcha. Which greatly amplifies my problem because they made the left and right arrows full height. Yes, they did. And the up and down arrows, they reduced the ridge between them. And with my, between uh, guitar calluses and bad circulation or some kind of carpal tunnel issue, I can't feel the ridge between up and down. And without having a top edge on the left and right keys to, to like uh, orient myself, I can't, I can't hit up and down on this keyboard. That's very frustrating. I feel like they. Yeah. I think I, I feel like it was a design, uh, a decision that they're like, we have empty space, we should fill it in, but for no practical reason. And I noticed that Microsoft's uh, recent mobile keyboards all do the same thing, but it's asinine. No keyboard in history has ever thought that was a good idea. Why'd they decide to now? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think I, I think that they thought that they were doing something good by making the, the keys full height, honestly. I, I don't see how making the left and right keys twice the height of the up and down keys is a good thing. I guess. I don't know. I, I, I use keys, I, I've, not I've talked a to ton. a lot of people who agree that it's horrible, but then just as many people who are like, eh, it works for me. It doesn't bother me. I was going to say, it doesn't bother me. And I like the bigger key size. Um, you know, I think that the, the travel is, is it's good. Um, people, some of the people, like, it's just like typing on a Mac, key, like the, the MacBook keyboard. I'm like, no, actually, it's not. You've never actually typed on the MacBook keyboard if you're going to say it's the same. Because the travel between keys and, and it is basically the same. It's just they're slightly bigger now. Yeah, and that's something I can get used to. That's something I have to adjust for any time yes, I switch you keyboards. You do have to adjust for that. And that is that is the one thing is that from going from laptop to that, it's like, uh, but... I like it better. I don't know. I, 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 my biggest thing, honestly, like my, my most exciting thing, and my favorite keyboard still is the Logitech uh, Bluetooth um, um, uh, solar powered keyboard. Yeah. That's still my favorite. That no longer is made, but you can still, I think, find on Amazon or whatever. Like, that's my favorite keyboard. Um, and I think it's basically perfect. And it has the full size um, arrow keys, I think. And, and it, it's, uh, it's solid. Um, is the fact that now it's rechargeable. Like, for me, having rechargeable keyboard is a big deal because especially when I'm using rechargeable batteries, you know, go through one, like yes. go through them like every like week or two. Yes. It feels like, yeah, it too. feels like you're literally like every day, like putting in new batteries. And that's just such a pain in the ass. The pairing when, when you first get the keyboard or the trackpad and you plug a lightning cable in, boom, yep. it's paired. 
that's genius. <laughs> it is very nice. I was really well, impressed with the setup. Wait, no, we'll, we'll talk about this more when we talk about the Apple TV, but this is something Apple's doing now with some of their stuff, which I'm freaking loving. Just the instant setup stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes it makes sense, given they control the whole e- ecosystem does, for hardware. It does, it is. It's just so nice. It's like never like pairing was never that bad, but just being able to plug it in. It's just great. Um, the magic mouse. I mean, I don't really care anything about that, but that, you know, is obviously new too. And then the, the, the trackpad. Now I, I'm a big fan of the trackpad. I know that, uh, your, your favorite, our, our better touch tool hasn't been updated yet. Well, it, and, better touch tool. Actually, the force touch stuff works. It can, ha- okay. it can do special gestures for that. If you're on the, the alpha channel. Okay. I'm not on the alpha channel, but so. If you like, I have a bunch of the better touch tool calls them tip tap gestures. So you like set two fingers down and then tap one finger to the left or the right of the two. And you can assign gestures to that. But on this new trackpad, just setting two fingers down and then trying to tap will make you do a three three finger click almost every time. It's so sensitive. And that is that's forcing me to rewrite all of my better touch tool gestures which again means retraining muscle memory and i consider it an inconvenience but there are a lot of cool things about this trackpad just the force touch is pretty awesome yeah i I like the force touch i like the bigger surface area um i'm a fan yeah i the bigger my I, i i don't know if it's mental or physical but my hand just does not travel that full width of the new trackpad like I still lift and and the way you would on a smaller square trackpad, you know, like uh, like brush yourself over to an edge. I just mm-hmm. don't my lifting my hand or using my wrist, I guess, to travel the full width of the screen without picking up my finger is a foreign idea to me. But it is it's nice. I can see how it'd be very cool if I can get my brain to do it. Oh, plus with the accelerated scroll, yeah. I'm playing with it on on a three display setup right now. It's it's um it's very cool. Just matter of muscle memory for me. No, but I, I I like the new Magic Keyboard and I like the new Magic Trackpad. But I'm um sorry that you don't like the keyboard and uh, I think you'll get used to the trackpad. Well, see, I do think I do like the extra space. The problem is I like a lot of the keyboard. It's just the arrow keys. Well, and that's a big part of what you use. So, I mean that that doesn't work for you, then you know. Well, and then I, that- I can find ways around them. And the truth is, I'll get used to it. And I do like the key action. Yeah. And I am having no problem with 90% of my typing, uh, like that memory translating very quickly from the last iteration of the keyboard. So, I mean, overall, I think I think it's a cool keyboard. I just, yeah. there are a couple problems that are kind of showstoppers for me right now. We'll see what happens. Have you listened to the new Adele song? Sorry if to be like totally random, but that I totally have, but I was totally so not in the mood for it when I listened to it. Right. I was like in a happy, like, let's watch like an action movie mood. And then I listened to it and I just, I, I said, I, I said out loud, I'm sorry, Adele, uh, another time. And I intended to go back to listen to it when I was in a more somber mood. Cause it's a very, uh, kind of emotional, uh, emotionally loaded song. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah, no, it I mean, is. I'm not but complaining. So I just wasn't in the, I wasn't in that mindset at the time. No, it's so good. And it's about time, I guess. Where's she been? She's been like, like, 
life, she said, she was like, I'm sorry, it's been four years. <laughs> We're like, yeah, it's been four years. Where the hell have you been, Adele? She had a baby and I don't know. Procreation does not come before music. It, it really shouldn't. And I'm kind of annoyed that it like that it did. It's it should, yeah. should be in uh, in record contracts that you, you can't have kids until you are uh, irrelevant. Uh, right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, Adele, do you not realize like you sold 30 million copies of your last album? Like everybody's already talking about the fact that like she's going to like save the music industry. Like and it's funny, too, because we now we know why Taylor Swift is taking a break because Taylor Swift is smart. Taylor Swift knows. She's like, you know what, guys? Finish the tour. Gonna let Adele have her time and then I'll come back because yeah. I don't want to compete with this. No, you don't, Taylor. We love you. But no, you don't. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't, um, my, I'm working on a blog post right now about like 13 of the most meaningful songs in my life. And it's taken me months because I, it's, I don't know, music, the right song means, uh, more to me than I think it does to anyone else that I'm in contact with. People don't care as much about music as I do. And I frustrate people, uh, with, you know, like, shut up, shut up. Here comes school bar. <laughs> which I'm okay with, but I, I think I've come to prefer listening to music on my own and appreciating it on my own. And yeah, things like, uh, things like Taylor Swift are, I, I do enjoy on my own, but they're kind of also, there's stuff you listen to with other people, Yep. which I don't do much, I guess. I listen to music in my car that I should be listening to with other people, but I specifically bought a car that only had two seats so I wouldn't have to listen to music with too many other people. <laughs> I'm a dick. Anyway, um, did you see Amy Schumer's HBO special? I did. It was freaking amazing. It was hilarious, but I have to admit I was disappointed. Um, it was very reminiscent of her earlier stand-up. Yes, it was. And she oh, has totally developed was. so much as a writer and a comedian I felt like it was a regression. I don't know if I would go that far. I okay, so she does a very clever job of pointing out double standards, but she also just wanted to she wanted to go back to being like quote unquote the sloppy chick. You know, like yeah. walk out on stage with a bottle of wine and just start making vaginal humor. And uh, uh it was you know, it was it was hilarious. And if I hadn't already seen like Trainwreck and watched uh, three seasons go by of Inside Amy Schumer and had developed exactly. this amazing respect for her ability to to and if we hadn't watched her kill it on SNL. Yeah, right. I, exactly. I, I'm with you. It, but you know what, though? I almost wonder if. I don't know if I would call it a regression, but maybe what it is, is that her stand up maybe hasn't evolved the same way her other comedy writing has. Maybe. Or maybe she just wanted a break from being political. I mean, I think that's probably that's probably fair, too. Yeah. So, I, I mean, honestly, that I, w I would label it much as Slate magazine did. Uh, hilarious, but disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I, I thought it was really funny, but I'm with you. I mean, she's been way funnier in the last couple of years. And and she was better on SNL, but I'm also I I, do, I think maybe the not wanting to be political thing for once is maybe part of it. It's like let me just be freaking funny. I've got an HBO special, right? I do think it's interesting that HBO got the special, and um, Netflix didn't. That yeah, I agree. But it probably has it's probably a very big marketing move, especially with HBO now being available. 
Oh, yeah. So. Oh, without a doubt. My, my point being, though, I think is that everybody is kind of writes off HBO in some in, in, in a lot of ways that it's not deserving, you know, like they feel like Netflix is like the future. And it's like, actually, no, I mean, when, when you talk about who is the biggest comedian on the planet right now, it is it is her. Yeah. And um, HBO nailed that. So um, if, if, if I were Netflix, I would be like, what's up, guy? I feel like <laughs> if, if I were Reed, I'd be like, you guys. <laughs> what's up what's up you know what netflix does have what's that eliza schlesinger yeah they do have you ever have you seen her like uh what's the new one fire uh freezing hot yes it, oh my god i had never seen her stand up i had seen her i think on at midnight yeah i've seen her on at midnight and i hadn't seen her stand up either until i saw one of those things. She's so funny. I, there are two of her specials on Netflix, and um, I I watched the whole thing, and then when Aditi came home, I made her watch it again with me because <laughs> that she is hilarious. Her she her is style is so like when she goes off on these like rapid fire, like clearly memorized like rants, and like they're like conversations, like multiple part conversations in like. Speed talking the way like you and Nick Fletcher would do, yes. <laughs> but all one person. It was oh, I was rolling. That was so good. No, it's funny though because she's also a um, a uh, last comic standing alum. Um, as was Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer yeah. came in fourth, I think, and, and she won actually. <laughs> she deserves it. <laughs> she's very good, and yeah, I like the good. two specials are from like the, I think six or seven years apart. So you can see kind of her progression as she as her stand up evolves, but like yeah. even the old stuff was is really hilarious. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Very no, well. she she annoys me because she and I are like the exact same age, and like that's <laughs> and I'm like, God damn you, you're so funny. How can you be this talented? Yes. Yep. So speaking of of talented, you have apparently reached a, a point in your career where you get to sit down with people like Johnny Ive. Yeah, apparently. So you did that. You did that. <laughs> I last did do week. that. I did do that last week. I, I interviewed Johnny Ive, Anna Wintour, and uh, Andrew Bolton, who is the um, curator of the Met Costume Institute. How'd that go? It was awesome. Uh, the article, uh, which I'm sure you haven't read, but but it was good. Was why, I think why are you so really sure good. I haven't read it? I don't know. I'm just assuming. My husband, I don't think, has even read it. So actually, I didn't know it was published yet. So I haven't. But that's okay. I will. Um, I'm curious it, about it. I've been waiting for it. Yeah, no, it, uh, I'm putting it in quip now. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it was awesome. I mean, like being in the same room as Anna and, and Johnny and Andrew Bolton too was, was sort of surreal. I was honestly far more nervous meeting them than I was when I interviewed Tim Cook. I could see that. I think that it was because a it was a smaller room, whereas at Tim it was at Moscone, and um, and I got to watch him kind of interact with with the kids for a bit first, and so I kind of like got to ease my way into it. Well, and Tim is and, a more public figure. Yeah, and he's he is, and and he's you know seems more welcoming, and and Johnny you know is shy. I did, you'll appreciate this. The very first thing I did, and I didn't catch it on um, my um, recording because. This is how nervous I was, literally, that I was, like, unprepared. I was like, hold on a second while I open up my voice recording app. But, like, I, I had him say aluminum. <laughs> I was like, Johnny, I was like, can you do me a favor? I was like, can you say aluminum for me? And uh, 
he was like, what? I was like, I'm sorry, please just, just do it. He said, it. and I was like, thank you. I was like, okay, now I can die happy. But I really wanted to get it recorded because I was going to make it like my ringtone or something. Like my, every time a text comes in, it'd be like aluminum, aluminum. But uh, it, it, I'm sorry that, that didn't work out for you. It's okay. I, he still said it, which uh, I was kind of debating whether or not I was going to have him do that. Because I know apparently he didn't like the, the Johnny Ive um, uh, soundboard that someone made. Yeah. Uh, someone made the app and, and, and apparently he was not happy with that. Like, cause they got a call and, and from Apple and they were like, Johnny is not happy with this, which I sort of understand. I mean, I would sort of be annoyed if somebody like, you know, created a soundboard based on my voice. Um, and I wasn't like, it wasn't like a character that I'm playing, but actually me, I, I, I can understand that, but I didn't want to offend him. I didn't want him to be like, please, a thing I'm making fun of him. Like, I genuinely love you and everything you do and hearing you say aluminum in my presence will like make me be able to be die happy. Um, no, he was really nice and he was really smart and, and he gave some good answers. It was funny because Anna Wintour answered some question about kind of the way technology has changed fashion and, and in broader strokes, even meaning like the lens in which it's viewed through and, and how accessible it is to more people and whatnot. And so I said, well, you know, do you think about others and how other people, you know, might be viewing your designs through your lenses that Im- impact how you design things, you know, obviously you think about how people are going to use things, but do you, do you think about how people are going to, you know, view them and, and what, what, what their, um, you know, um, I guess worldviews and other things might, might be that might, does that in any way, you know, like play into what your, you know, role is when you're trying to design something. He just goes, no, <laughs> I'm like, no, it's like, I, I try to kind of, you know, design the best possible thing and then you can't let outside influences really impact you one way or another, well, which I thought was a very honest and very good answer, but it was just really funny. Like coming from like, you know, but very oh, true too. I mean, oh, that's, very that's true. what I've always appreciated about Same. This, like their world, you know, like all three of these people they, they don't, they don't follow. no. They don't accept influence. They no. they are the influence. They are the influence, and then then that was absolutely one hundred percent like true and 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 visible. It was very interesting. Um, you know, he said that they tried Apple wants to transcend trend because I did ask about that. I was like, when you're designing something, you know, how do you make sure that it's going to be, you know, still when it's a wearable, you know, it's going to be on trend. And um, you know, Anna was very quick to be like, I don't think trend is ever a word I would use, you know, <laughs> in a sense with Apple. And I'm like, okay, you're not wrong, but you know, but but he talked a lot about how that was one of the big reasons why the watch was really important for them to have the straps um be so easily to be changed because that changes the design so much and and he understands that everybody doesn't want to wear the same thing on their wrist. Um but so, you know, so the straps are kind of what can change and, and the faces are what can change the entire look and feel of, of, of the watch. But at the same time, uh, you know, um, you still you wanna, still know it's an Apple watch when you see you it. still know it's an Apple watch. And he also said, you know, there there were both practical and um, I think intentional aspects where he didn't want to have a ton of choice. You know, he didn't want to have like a bunch of different designs. You know, mm-hmm. you have the two sizes, but he didn't want to have a, a collection where you literally have a, a bunch of different watch, you know, styles. And, yeah. and that makes total sense, you know, both from a practical standpoint of how do you manufacture them and all that, but also just like, you know, they don't like to give people too many choices. Right. Well, it's a branding standpoint, you know. Definitely. Like if, if, if you give people too many choices, then you lose all control. And Apple is nothing if not very controlling of their brand. Did you yeah, ask him what it was true. like designing next year's Samsung line? <laughs> or, 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 or next year's HTC line? <laughs> I did not. I did not. I should have. That would have been really funny. 
Oh, yeah, I would probably piss. That's why I don't get uh, interviews like that. I ask questions that make people stutter and then get slightly angry that I put them on the spot in weird ways. (sighs) That's what I do. I'm cool with it. So, um, Apple TV. Yeah. I, I think by the time this goes live, any NDAs will have expired. Yeah. So, so, so pre-orders or not pre-orders, but orders start on Monday. They start shipping Monday. People should get them by the end of next week. And my thing should be up on, uh, yeah. Wednesday on the Mashables. Yeah, on the Mashables. So you've been playing with one for like you've had yours longer than I've had mine. What do you think? I I, I love the thing. I actually I currently have it on loan to another developer right now who is further ahead and has a better chance of like a, a day one release. Um, so it's down the street right now. But um, I the interface and the remote are outstanding. It's everything I hoped it would be. I'm loving. I'm. I'm. I'm absolutely going to order the official one next week as well, just to make sure that I have like all the bases covered. It's. It's. Um. It's a. It's a breakthrough. I think. Yeah. No. I. I agree. I love the interface so much. I love the remote so much. What do you think of the remote? I am. I would say that. <clears throat> excuse me. I would say that the remote is probably the um, best piece of uh, non-displaying hardware, like uh, hardware without a screen that I've ever had. It's like, I, I guess the only other thing that counts would be other remote controls and the shuffle, but or, or the, it was the shuffle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why did I think? Oh, shuttle. That's my thing. Um, that's your thing. Yeah. But, uh, but as far as remotes go, it is, it's outstanding. Even with my numb calloused fingers, I have no problem using it. And the Siri integration is just amazing. Being, being able to talk to my remote adds a dimension that I think has been missing from television watching for a long time. And you don't realize how great it is to just ask for a show until you've done it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I love the voice stuff and um, I love how fast everything is. I love the Siri integration um, and the fact that it's working already with so many providers. I mean, Amazon has had the voice search thing and it's worked pretty well. Siri's works better and it obviously works with a lot more things, uh, which is great. Well, and the deep indexing, I mean, the the OS, you know, the interface is great, but the OS itself and the things that it allows now. Is uh, uh, it's such a huge difference from all of my complaints about the current Apple TV, which I use daily, are they're solved now? Yeah, no, it's super good. It's super good. Um, I'm I'm super um, stoked um, that uh, I mean it's a really good update. Uh, You know, the games haven't had a ton of chance to kind of play around with the apps because only a few of the apps are kind of available in the testing process. Right. But I, I think that it's it's a really good... Uh, I think update is a, a misnomer for it. I think it's a, it's a rethinking. It's, it's, it's a build, rebuild from scratch as far as, I can, as far as I'm concerned. It's not just a refresh of an existing product. It's like, it's like they said, we built this thing and it was cool for a while, but we're starting over and we're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like that a lot. I love Apple. I love Apple too. Okay, so we're we're uh, surprisingly we finished our list and we're at forty five minutes. Wow, this is like. Are we talking wow. fast? 
I don't know. I mean, I think that maybe we just. <laughs> it's not like we didn't have enough topics. So what no, else is didn't. going we on have... for you? I mean, just reviewing a bunch of stuff and I don't know. Really? Life. Two weeks, two weeks without talking and that's all we have. This is all we have. This is ridiculous. Well, we should talk about movies because you talked about some of the movies you've seen. I did. Um, I've honestly lost track. Okay. I've watched a lot of uh, of both iTunes and Netflix movies, but I would have to go into my history. What's been out recently that I would have watched? Have you seen the Steve Jobs movie? I have not. I actually made a decision to not go see it in the theater because I knew I would piss people off because I read about what Sorkin chose to accentuate yeah. versus the parts that he left out. And I feel like I would be very frustrated. Like, the movie looks great as a, a great movie, movie, but not as a bio. It's not a biopic in a traditional sense or even in an untraditional sense. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a stage play. It's a stage play that um, takes place in three acts uh, before the launch of the original Mac, before the launch of the um, next, and the, the and before the launch of uh, the next box, and, and, and before the launch. But of never the actually including the launches, just the no. and and apparently there are a lot of like important conversations that happen right before Steve goes on yes. stage that uh, cl- clearly that, yeah, people said never happened. Well, I'm sure that. None of the conversations that took place before I'm sure that absolutely none of that information took place. Yeah, one of, at all. one of his one of one of the people involved with the the major launches said that Steve would become very reclusive and did not have any major conversations prior to oh, going well, on stage. Well, and, and to be totally clear, I don't think that the intent of the film is to make it seem as if this actually was what happened. Because let's be real, like in all of these cases, it is an, it, and it is a stage play because it's like it takes place in real time. So it's like the the the, the twenty five minutes or so before you know the show would start um and and you're kind of they're running around and and, and they're preparing or the 30 minutes before you know the 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 show would start and um and it's and you know it's kind of taking place in real time you know in these venues the actual venue they actually went to the actual venues where you know the launches happened and and recreated a lot of that stuff which i think they did very well but um obviously you know he wouldn't be dealing with in all these cases a lot of like baggage issues and heavy emotional issues before getting out to go on stage that just wouldn't happen um so i mean it's a stage play and and it's a good stage play the problem Uh, is that he called it steve jobs well with a very i I mean a title that very much leads you to believe that it's it's a biography well because it's adapted from walter isaacson's book which was called steve jobs and Even though and even though the I mean, and that's what was optioned and that's what was adapted. And he chose to do this in a different way, in an interesting way. And, and you know, it, it is a stage play. And the thing is, is that um, it is about Steve Jobs, it, but it's certain facets of his personality. And look, I'm not going to defend like Steve Jobs, personal life, because I think that he I think that it's clear from all the books that he became a different person when he met his wife. Right. Well, and I, and I have like, no problem with exposing, you know, the realities of someone that you know, is hero worshipped. Yeah. I just would like it to be done very accurately. Well, what bothered me more than I think some of the inaccuracies in terms of the conversations, because a lot of the, the thing is, is he looks like a really bad guy. He looks both. It's weird though. He comes across both better and worse. That's in some cases he comes across as better, like especially towards the end. There's more of a redemptive arc. Demonized um, before ushered into sainthood. 
kind of. <laughs> um, but but he comes across better in some ways and then worse in some ways. I mean, honestly, I think that he comes across like there's uh, John Scully played by Jeff Daniels. Um, frankly, he comes across a lot better towards John Scully. Like they have almost have like a, a makeup sort of moment, which never happened. Yeah, which never happened. John Scully was not there before the launch of of the next like he was not there before the launch of the iMac like the, these were not things that happened when well, they minimized um, the whole next saga as well well they minimized it um and, and made it kind of tie into a loop because i mean let's be honest the next saga it was a really nice way to get him back to apple but <laughs> it was a failure other than that you know, I, no, this, I see i would i would disagree i mean os, uh, no, OS just, 10 wouldn't exist I agree. My <laughs> point being, though, that if Apple hadn't bought them, Next wouldn't exist. Okay. Okay. okay? As That's a business. Saying, it's a failure. Yes. As a business, it was a complete and total failure. Okay. It was. I mean, Apple bought it and they bought it because they needed an OS and that was really like convenient. And it was great. That, and, and so many great ideas and so many smart people worked at Next who then went on to build out the new Apple. But like, let's not pretend like next was a successful company because it wasn't they had to do a lot of layoffs you know they yeah. they had to shift from doing hardware to doing software which you know is is steve didn't like to choose between the two and i'm sure that that was like a, was a real like admission of failure that next was mostly running on pcs that you know <laughs> i mean that, then because it was it was yeah. running on freaking windows boxes um or not windows boxes it was running on pc hardware like that's what it was running on like you know, um, when when he was joined Apple, you know, he had his next computer, but they hadn't made next boxes in years. So Steve Jobs's computer when he first joined Apple was not a Mac. I'm sure it was a next workstation that was basically like running on Intel hardware. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's um, so it minimized some of that. The one person it made look really good was Steve Wozniak. It gave him balls that that man has never had. <laughs> you know, we all love Steve. We all love Woz. You know, he's the best. Yeah. But Waz has never had balls in his life. And like there was a scene where Waz like yells at him and you kind of want to root for him. But <laughs> when I'm watching for it, I'm like, yeah, that never happened. And then it was really funny because in a subsequent interview, Waz is even like, oh, yeah, well, that never happened, obviously. And we're like, well, yeah, we know, dude. We know you never would have had the balls to yell at him and like call him out on stuff like ever, 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 ever. <laughs> but also it was just funny that like, you know, it made it seem like he was still even involved like that. I don't I, maybe maybe they did like give Waz an invite to the iMac launch. Who knows? But all I can keep remembering is is the time that when the 20th anniversary uh, Macintosh was was released and um, Gil Emilio like had like Steve Jobs up there and Wozniak was up there, too. And you could tell like from apparently like Jobs didn't know that Waz was going to be there. And like Waz is like wanting to like shake his hand and hang out with him. And Steve like is not wanting to have it. It is very polite on the stage. But then like, as soon as like the applause is over, like he's off stage, he's like, do not take any photos of this. He's <laughs> like, and that was like, in that was like, you know, a couple years, just like two years before the iMac. And so I'm thinking that that's probably one of those moments where you're like, yeah, I, I very seriously doubt that, uh, that, that, that even if, if Steve did entertain guests before launches, that Wozniak would have been one of those people before the iMac right. that would have gotten past the, the flax. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, I feel bad for Woz, and I feel like an asshole saying this, but he's always like, oh, yeah, we were best friends. And it's like, yeah, dude, you probably didn't, like, talk to the guy, like, for more <laughs> than a couple of words, like, in, like, since, like, 1984. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, did not ever strike me as if they had, like, the last 30 years of their relationship was anything more than, like, uh, so what's up? Nice to see you. Take care now. You know what I mean? Yeah. You didn't know the guy. I, uh, I would say uh, Steve Jobs would never have shown up at, like, a Macworld party and told me stories about trying to urinate while on a Segway. 
but Waz no. did. Which makes Waz better in some cases. It makes and him far more accessible, if nothing else. Far more accessible. Oh, well, I was going to say, <laughs> makes him better and worse in some cases. In one case, yeah, I was going to say, I remember hanging out at a Macworld party with, with uh, after the Welcome to Macintosh premiere with, with Waz yeah. and his wife. He did not talk to me about, about <laughs> trying to pee on the Segway um, at all. But, yeah. I don't know what it was about me, but I went up to introduce myself and... He immediately launched into bizarre uh, segue and urine related stories, but I enjoyed it greatly. Like he knew that's that would be what I would want to talk about. I don't know why, but I, I wasn't wearing my like uh, segue urinal T-shirt, but he figured it out. He knew me. It's like he saw right into my soul. <laughs> Did you see Crimson Peak? No. It was it was not what I expected. It was like going to see Lady in the Water, which I thought was going to be a horror movie, but it was uh, like one of uh, many disappointments in the Shyamalan saga. But this was uh, this was from uh, Del Toro, and it was a horror movie, but it was kind of a romantic horror movie, gothic romance, if you will. It was very good. It, it was beautiful. Wasn't what I had planned to see, but I would recommend it, it. Like, it's not scary, really. It's beautiful. Lots of blood, skulls, things like that, but in a very Del Toro kind of Pan's Labyrinth sort of way. Gotcha. I recommend it. A would watch again. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. That's all I got. You know what? I think that's all I've got, too. Okay, well, we may... Uh, we did make it to an hour, so yeah, almost. Good enough. It's been fun talking to you, Christina. It's been fun talking to you, too, and I hope we can talk again soon. Yes, let's uh, let's make a date. Sounds good. All right, get some sleep. All right, get some sleep, Brett. Bye. The system is going down low.